this morning. Amen. Let's stand together, please, with me. Turn to page 192. Page 192. Crown him with many crowns. We'll sing all four verses as we begin this morning. Page number 192. Crown him with many crowns, the lamb upon his throne. Hark how the heavenly Anthem drowns all music but its own. Awake my soul and sing of Him who died for thee. And hail Him as thy matchless King through all eternity. Crown Him the Lord of love. Rich wounds yet visit. 
great start this morning. Man, sure thankful you're here. Amen. It is good to be uh, in God's house and want to welcome you to our services uh, this morning. Uh, we've had uh, quite a bit of sickness and stuff going around, but thankful to see uh, some people on the mend and, and uh, some still kind of battling. And so certainly be in prayer uh, for one another. Continue to pray for Brother Roy uh, McRae that's in the hospital recovering. Uh, from his surgery and things like that. Did just want to mention a few things uh, that are coming up here uh, very, very quickly. If you have young people, there's two things. One tonight is a teen uh, restaurant uh, takeover, and then this coming Friday is a youth rally at First Baptist Church up in Mission, uh, Kansas. And then, of course, uh, this uh, next Sunday is going to be our Thanksgiving uh, banquet. Of course, Saturday is our outreach, and so uh, looking forward to a great day uh, in the Lord next Sunday as well. Uh, we'll have uh, Brother Frank Wood uh, here with us, and so he's going to be preaching Sunday morning, and then we're going to go over and have uh, lunch in the E.J. Watson Gymnasium and then come back uh, for an afternoon service. There'll be no evening service uh, next week. And so did just want to mention uh, some of those things that are coming up. Of course, we do got our bulletins that we'll be able to give out uh, this uh, after the services this morning. So make sure that you get uh, one of those. Let's pray this morning. We need the Lord. Amen. Brother Jim Wisdom, would you pray for us this morning? Let's remain standing. Turn to page 110 in your hymn book. Page 110, blessed be the name. We'll sing all three verses this morning. Blessed be the name of our Lord today, amen. Page number 110, let's sing it out on the first. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. Blessed be the name of the Lord, the glories of my God and King. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Jesus, the name that charms our fears. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Tis music in the sinner's ears. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He brings the power of canceled sin. Blessed be the name of the Lord. His blood can make the foulest clean. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Page 159. 
Page number 159 this morning. We're going to sing both verses. Lamb of glory. Page 159. Worship the Lamb of glory this morning. Let's sing it out together on the first verse. Hear the story from God's word that kings and priests and prophets heard. There would be a sacrifice and blood would flow to shake hands together this morning. Good to have each one here. Thankful for those visiting with us this morning as well.
Let's sing it out together on that chorus. Page 159, if you need those words, sing it out now. Precious Lamb of glory, love's most wondrous story, heart of God's redemption of man, worship the Lamb of glory. He is worthy of our worship this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. Brother Tim, come right ahead. Men can come ahead for the offering. I'd like to read to you from 1 Peter chapter 1. It says in verse 18, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Brother Joe Quinlan, would you pray for the offering this morning? Amen. You may be seated. Let's turn to page 323. Page 323. Stand with me one last time for our last song together tonight or this morning. The old account was settled long ago. Amen. Page 323. Sing it out on that first. There was a time on earth when in the book of hand an old account was standing for sins yet unforgiven. My name was at the top and many things below. I went unto the keeper and settled long ago, long ago, long ago. Yes, the old account was settled long ago, and the record's clear today, for he washed my sins away. When the old account was settled long ago, the old account was large and growing every day, for I was always sinning and never tried to pay. But when I looked ahead and saw such pain and woe, I said that I would settle and settled long ago, long ago, long ago. Yes, the 
settled long ago And the record's clear today For he washed my sins away When the old account was settled long ago When at the judgment bar I stand before my king And he the book will open He cannot find a thing Then will my heart be glad While tears of joy will flow Because I came and settled And settled long ago, long ago Long ago Yes, the old account was settled long ago And the record's clear today For he washed my sins away When the old account was settled long ago When in that happy home my Savior's home above I'll sing redemption story And praise Him for His love I'll not forget that book With pages white as snow Because I came and settled And settled long ago Long ago Long ago Yes, the old account was settled long ago And the record's clear today For He washed my sins away when the old account was settled long ago. O sinner, seek the Lord, repent of all your sin, for thus he has commanded, if you would enter in, and then if you should live a hundred years below, up there you'll not regret it. You settled long ago, long ago, long ago. Yes, the old account was settled long ago And the record's clear today For he washed my sins away When the old account was settled long ago Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Wonderful singing. Right before the message this morning, we're going to have a special from the ladies' trio. They heard God say, have you considered my servant Job? He's one who's faithful in all that he knows. Job lost his family, his land, and all his wealth. When he wouldn't curse God, Job lost his health. Job's cries could be heard from the ashes where he lay. Through the pain and sorrow, Job had to say, My hope is in the Lord. I will trust in Him and Him alone. chair 
as a doctor broke the news. It could be a week, a month, or maybe two. The cancer had spread, death will find its way. There's nothing we can do, there's nothing I can say. Then the young man raised his trembling hands as his eyes filled with tears. Through the pain and softly say, through the pain, the fear. My hope is in the Lord. I will trust in Him and Him alone. Though death knocks at my door, my hope is in the Lord. Though fear surrounds me and it seems there is no hope, there's one thing I'm sure of, there's one thing. amazing how the Lord just puts songs together that go right along uh, with the message like that. Amen. <clears throat> what a blessing. All I could think about, I was thinking about that song before that, about getting it settled long ago. And I was thinking, man, I'm glad I got saved in 1996. And then I was like, but that's kind of long ago now. Amen. And <clears throat> But uh, thankful that I got saved. Amen. Well, uh, take your Bibles. Don't stand with me just yet. And, and I want to uh, ask you to turn with me to the Gospel of Luke this morning in, in chapter number one. Uh, of course, uh, last week uh, we started. What we do uh, typically is we pick out a book that the Lord kind of leads in, and we begin to go through it verse by verse and, and preach the Bible just uh, how it is and, and how it's laid out. Last week we started the Gospel of Luke, and we really looked at the first four verses of the chapter. kind of serves as basically an introductory to the book because it really kind of shows us the main theme. And, and if you don't know what the theme is for the Gospel of Luke, it's actually found in Luke chapter 19 in verse number 10 because that's where Jesus told Zacchaeus, the wee little man, right? Uh, Zacchaeus, and he said this, The Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why Christ came. And that, that's the intention of the Gospel of Luke. That's why the title all through the Gospel is the Son of Man. It shows the humanity of the Lord Jesus Christ and that He's not 
He's not just the Messiah of the Jews. He's the Savior to the entire world, Jews and Gentiles. And, and so it's the idea of this, that every person, no matter who you are, or even what you've done in your life, you can come to Jesus Christ and you can be saved. But this morning we're reminded, all right, we're going to get into this this morning, and we're reminded that though God sent the Son of Man to be the Savior, here's the thing, there is still a responsibility for man to have faith, all right? Listen, we are saved by faith, not, not through works, not through baptism or church membership. No, you're saved when you humble yourself and repent and turn from your sin and put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You're saved by faith. And then the Bible says this, after you're saved, the just shall live by faith, meaning this, that we are to follow God's plan according to the Word of God for our lives. All right, that's by faith. All right, so again, saved by faith, we're to live by faith. Well, guess what? That means this, we got to have faith. So take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 1. Let's all stand in honor of God's Word if you're able to stand And I'm going to begin picking up in verse number 5. So verses 1 through 4 were introductory. But then in verse number 5, it begins here and it says this. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah. And his wife was of the daughters of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed, Zacharias executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, His lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of people were praying without at the time of incense, and there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he got out his iPhone and started videoing it. Oh no, that's not, that's not. No, it says this, and I like this. It says, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. Because here's the thing. Every time, see, this is what, well, I just wish I could see an angel of God. Let me help you with that. You know what you're going to do? You're going to fall on your face in fear, just like everybody else did when they saw an angel of God in the Bible. Because I'm just telling you, he was troubled. He feared for himself. So he fell, and so he fell on his face in fear. But then in verse number 13, But the angel said unto him, Fear not, because here's why. It's not bad news, it's good news, Zacharias. For thy prayer is heard. Praise God, he hears prayer. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. It's not going to be John the Methodist, it's going to be John the Baptist. All right, but notice verse 14. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. How would you like to have a kid like that in the nursery? Filled with the Holy Ghost, eating locusts, 
Wild honey. Picking up bugs off the floor. All right, I'm just... Amen. Glory. Back there preaching in the nursery. Amen. Verse 16. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God, and he shall go before him in the spirit and the power of Elias. Talking about Elijah. Amen. We need some more Elijahs in the nursery right now. I'm telling you. To turn the hearts of the fathers uh, to the children in the disobedient, to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Talking about Jesus Christ. Now look down at verse number 18. And Zacharias said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? What do you mean, whereby? You're talking to Gabriel. For I am, notice he says, for I am an old man, and my wife is well, she, notice he doesn't say she's old. She's just well stricken in years. Amen. Smart man. Smart man. And the angel, and the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God and am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee glad tidings. But the good news stops there. Because it says in verse 20, And behold, thou shalt be dumb, and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple, and when he came out, he could not speak unto them. <laughs> Can you imagine? And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple. For he beckoned unto them and remained speedless, speechless. And it came to pass that as soon as the days had, of his ministration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and, her, and hid herself five months, saying, Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me to take away my reproach among men. Father, would you bless the preaching now of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you be seated this morning? I, it's long enough there to stand. And, and I just, I, if you go back and you look at verse number three of the introductory verses, all right, Luke tells Theophilus there that he is going to write of the things, all things from the very first. And so Luke's gospel goes back, goes back to the very first. And so what happens is this, is that it starts out with him recording he records two appearances of the angel Gabriel in the Bible. Gabriel is called the announcing angel because every time he appears, he has a message from God uh, to man. So, so in these two appearances, there's one here to Zacharias, who is going to be the father of John the Baptist, who again is the forerunner of Jesus Christ. In the next one, in the next verses, is going to be Mary, whom God will use to bring forth His Son uh, into the world. But what we also find, if you look at both of these scenes here, both of these appearances, what you will also find is a contrast of faith. And what I mean by that is this, is that here's what happens. When Gabriel goes to Mary and says, you're going to give birth to the Son of God as a virgin, Mary goes, okay. She takes God at His word. 
But when, 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 when Zacharias, when, when Gabriel comes to Zacharias in this scene, according to verse number 20, it says this, he has unbelief in his heart. He did not believe the message. And so as a result, he is made dumb and not able to speak until the birth of John later on uh, in the chapter. Now, this is what I want you to see this morning. See, though there is much to point out in this scene. Listen to this. Zacharias reminds us, and I want you to catch this. Just as God had a plan for him, God has a plan for us. Did you catch that? Just as God has a plan for him, God has a plan for you, and God has, has a plan for me. But also this, he reminds us, Zacharias reminds us, that there comes a point, and I want you to listen to this, where God has given man enough to know that plan, and it's now required that man simply take God at His word and have faith. And do what God has already said to do. In other words, there, there comes a time where the ball's in your court, it's not in God's court, and we just need to do what God said to do. Is, is, everybody, is everybody getting this? So, so here's what I titled the message this morning. Zechariah's unbelief. And what I think this morning is this, and I'm just going to tell you this from my notes here. We have too many people today sitting on their hands, so to speak, and unwilling to make spiritual decisions for God. And it's the same reasons as Zacharias. I'm telling you, we're waiting on God to give us something that God has already given us, and we just simply need to choose to follow God by faith. And that's what Zacharias challenges us with. Now, I'm just, I'm just telling you, when I saw this and I began to think about this, I thought, does, I thought this, this, is what I, this is what I pray. I don't want to diminish the character of Zacharias at all because here's why. I can relate to Zacharias. I'm sure you've never had unbelief. But I'm telling you, I, I have. So somewhere, around, somewhere around the middle of 2017... I remember waking up on a Monday morning, and we had just had a, a wonderful day in, in church the previous day at, at Bible Baptist Church there in, in Cassville, Missouri, where I was pastoring at. But, but I, I, I remember for some reason, I, just, I woke up and I had, I had this burden for the men in that church uh, because I felt like it was getting to this point in my ministry I had been there for nine years, and I was thinking to myself, man, this, you know, it's been almost nine years, and it just feels like that this is as far as these guys are, or this is as far as they're willing to let me, let me take them in their spiritual growth in the Lord. And I, I really, I just, it's just something that just began to overwhelm me on, on Monday morning, and I, I wasn't sure what God was doing in my life or anything like that, so so I just, I just began to pray. I got on my face and, and I began to pray. And I, was, and I was really, I was seriously praying things like this. Lord, if you're done with me here, then, then let me know and, and, and send me somewhere else. Because I just, I want to be used of God. But, but I want it to be whatever, whatever you would have for me, Lord. And as soon as I got up praying and I sat down in my chair in the living room, I looked down and my phone went off. And I looked down and it was a New Mexico number. And I'm like, New Mexico? Ugh. 
And, and I, but here's the thing. I didn't answer it because I knew exactly in my heart. I knew, I knew what it was. And, 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 and so I, I, I didn't answer it. And so I listened to this voicemail. And, uh, and, and, and it was, sure enough, it was a guy from a church in New Mexico. And, and they were looking for a pastor uh, there. And, and so after I listened to the voicemail, I set my phone down. And then it rings again. And it comes up. And it's, and it's Pastor Jeffrey Abels, my pastor that trained me in the ministry. And so I answer the phone. And he goes, hey, brother, I just thought I'd call you and let you know that there was this church in New Mexico that reached out to me looking for a pastor. And I gave him your number. So they'd be expecting a call. And I went, yeah, I got the call. Thanks, man. But, but, but you know, I, I, said, I said this. I said, I didn't answer it. I got the call, but I didn't answer it. And, and he encouraged me to call him back, and so, so I did. And, and, and what I began to realize was the way that this church was looking for a pastor, it was very secular. They were calling a multitude of guys. Listen, you don't, that's not how you find a wife. You don't date a multitude of women and then pick the best one. All right, that's not good philosophy. They were doing it very secular like a business. I'm not a CEO, I'm a man of God. And, and so, they, but they did, they sent me a questionnaire, and I love questionnaires, because I love to tell people what I believe and why I believe it. And so I did, I took the questionnaire and I filled it out. It was only about four or five pages, but it was about 18 after I got done with it. And I just let them know where I stood and all of those things. But I knew this, I knew in my heart it wasn't where the Lord wanted us. And little did I know that what God was doing was He was preparing us for what was coming. Well, well what happened was this. I sent the questionnaire back. And, and, and a few weeks later, uh, I can't remember. I think it was around August, late August or, or September of that, of that year. I got an email and they said this. They said, you are definitely qualified. Well, duh. But we're not, we're not, we're not going to be pursuing you. And I went, good. But, but, and here's the thing, and I, I was very thankful because it gave me closure in my life. But, but I can remember this. I remember after I got the email, I got back on my face before God, and I, and I began to repent over some things, and I began to talk with God, and I, I began to pray like I was earlier, and I asked Him, I, I asked Him to forgive me because if I was out of line in the things that I was asking Him back on that day, and if I was discontented or or something like that. I didn't want to be wrong with God. I wanted to have right fellowship with God. I wanted to have a right heart with God. And I, and I said, Lord, if this is where you want me, then, then I'm content. I will stay here for the rest of my days. And, and, I, and I did. I told, I told the Lord all of those things. But then I said this. I said, but. I said, Lord, if you ever do move me, can I, can I make some requests? And so I started praying for things. And these were the things that I prayed for. And I want you to listen to this. I said, Lord, I want you to call me, and I don't know why. It's just, you know, when you're with your heavenly Father, I just had liberty to pray these things. And now looking back, I know why. But, but I remember then asking this, Lord, if, if, you're, if you call me somewhere, call me to a church where the pastor's been there for a while. And the reason that I prayed that was because the, the Bible Baptist Church where I was pastoring, they had a history of, of a multitude of pastors and they only pastored for like six months or a year or two years. I was the second longest tenured pastor there, and I had been there for almost ten years. That's crazy. That, but, but here's the thing. That does damage to a church when there's this whole thing. And here's the thing. I just wanted to be faithful. That, wherever God called me, I wanted to be faithful. Then I said this. I said, call me to a church where the standards are where they need to be. Because... 
And the reason for that was because, I was, listen, I was tired of fighting the, those battles. I got bigger and better things to do. You understand? Here's the thing. Why don't we just sing godly music that honors God? Not the garbage that's on the radio. Why don't, why, don't we, why don't we dress in such a way that honors God, not like we're going to Walmart? And, 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 and be pleasing unto the Lord. You understand? So I was tired of, of, of people constantly pushing those boundaries. Why don't we just go all in and go, hey, let's honor God in everything that we do. He's the audience, not us. But then I, I also prayed this. I said, God, I said, call me to a church that is man-led. Where, where men are active in the church, they're involved in the church, where they're behind the, the man of God. Because this was obviously something that was lacking at, at Bible Baptist Church. It's like the men were just, it was like they, they, they were just not willing to go any further spiritually. So those were the things that I prayed. About a week or so later, I'm sitting in my chair. Monday morning. Why Monday mornings? I don't know. That's my day off. And my phone rings, and I look down, and it's Pastor Jeff Abels. And I'm hoping golf. So I answer the phone. And he goes, hey, brother. I said, what's up? And he goes, I've got this guy named Eric Watson. And he wants to talk with you. And I went, okay. And he goes, he said, their, their, their church needs a pastor. Is it okay if I give him your number? And I said this, No! I just I had just gone through all this stuff and I was like, no, and then and, and Pastor Abels goes, Brother, you need to calm down. And you need to listen to this guy. And he said, he said, I think this is a pretty good church. He goes, but but I'm gonna call Brother Sam Davison. He's been there before. He knows the pastor that's there, Brother E. J. Watson. I'm gonna call, I'm gonna call Brother Sam and talk to him about it, and I'll call you back. And I said, Okay. And so he called Brother Sam. Brother Sam goes, Yep, it's a good church, been there. Preach, know a lot of the people that are there. It's good. He goes, Why are you calling? He goes, Well, they're wanting to look call, you know, they're wanting to call me and they want to call West Stewart. And I, okay, I'll pray about it. See, we vetted you, but why you were vetting us, right? And and so 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 I finally I go, okay, I agree. And Eric calls me. This was in October because you guys we were you were getting ready for the, the harvest party. And uh, I remember one of them was Disney World themed, and I thought that could have been a confirmation right there. Um, but anyways, he, I, I remember this. He said, he, he said, we want to schedule you to come up and preach. And this was in, around in October. And I said, I'm not giving you a Sunday in November, but I'll give you one in December. And so we came up. And I remember, I remember coming up Saturday night. We met with all the men uh, Saturday night here at the church. They had, my, they had my statement of faith, so they knew where I stood. They wanted to ask a few questions, and I agreed. I answered all their questions. And then I preached Sunday morning, and I scared everybody. And then we all went home and took a nap and I came back Sunday night and I preached again and by that time you guys just figured out, oh, that's just the way he is. He's just crazy. And you guys loosened up and stuff and things like that and it was blatant. Then Monday morning we toured the school and I was so grateful to see the standards and the structure. And I can remember this, I can remember driving back from, from, from Olathe and going back uh, into Missouri and, and it was almost silent in the minivan all the way home. And, and we, knew, we knew this, we knew it was a wonderful opportunity, but we also needed to know this, we also knew we needed to pray and we needed to seek the Lord's will on this. And, and so about, uh, you know, about a week later, about a week later, Eric texts me and he goes, he, go, he goes, hey, preacher, he goes, 
uh, all the men met last night, and they're all on board. And so my wife and I, we're getting ready to have lunch uh, at, a, at the restaurant there in, in Cassville, and I, and I pull up, and I show her this text, and she looks at the text, says, all the men are on board. And she looks at me and goes, oh, that's all I need. That's what I was praying for this morning. That's confirmation for me. I'm all in. And I went, well, that's not enough for me. I'm not in. Let's go have some Mexican food, and we'll pray more about it. Because, you know, chips and salsa, magical things happen on you. So, about the same time, I was scheduled to preach this preacher's meeting in Missouri. And so, be a fact, that, that, mon- that morning I had been studying, and, and I was getting ready to drive there that night, and then I was going to preach the next day. Well, the guy had called me months earlier and had, and had scheduled me, and he said, I'm, I've been praying about it, and I want to assign subjects for preachers. And he said, your subject is brokenness. And so I'm studying the subject of brokenness, and the whole time I'm studying it, God's going, you're preaching on brokenness, but you're not broken. And so I'm in my truck, or I'm in, I'm in my, I can't remember what we, I was driving, I think I was in the truck, and, and I'm, I'm in my truck, and I'm driving to the preacher's meeting that night. And I'm starting to pray, and man, and it's just like, hmm. you know, he resists, he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And I'm just begging God, Lord, I need confirmation. I, this, I, we got to make a decision on this. And finally, man, I, I finally, the Lord's not speaking, and I'm, I'm starting to cry, and I'm getting broken, and I'm like, God, I need you. I need more confirmation. Conf- I need you to speak. I need, and, finally, and finally, guess what? God spoke. And here's what God said. Do you remember when you prayed? And you asked me if I'm going to send you to another church, and you said, you said, send me to a church where, where a guy's been there for a while. And he goes, E.J. Watson's been there for 50 years. How much more confirmation do you need? He goes, do you remember, do you, remember you asking me to send you to a place where the standards are, are where they need to be because you're tired of fighting those battles and you just want to you you move forward and serve me? You, you saw the services. You saw the school. How much more confirmation do you need? You, listen, do you, 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 said, you said you wanted it to be where, where the men were involved. And the men, you saw the men met. You saw where they prayed. You saw where they were on board. How much more confirmation do you need? And, that was, and I'm just telling you, by the time we got to the end of the highway, I was broken and I said, okay, Lord, whatever you want. Be a fact, I think I called, I think I called Brother Watson that night and I said, I'm in. We're in. What, what I'm trying to illustrate to you this morning, just through my testimony, is, is this. And I hope, I don't mean to kind of bog us down, you know, or whatever the case may be. But what I'm trying to say to you is this, is that, is that as you and I are seeking God's will for our lives, there comes a point where seeking confirmation can really be an excuse for our own unbelief. And when, when, when God has given us what we need to trust Him, we simply need to have the faith to move forward for God. And that was what I needed to learn in my life. And what I'm saying to you is this, is that that is exactly the lesson that we learned from Zacharias in his announcement, in this announcement about the birth of, of John the Baptist. The, the first thing that I want you to see this morning is this, 
I want you to see the symptoms of unbelief. In other words, what does it look like when we're headed in a direction that, that Zacharias was, was heading at, where, where we're unwilling to take God at His Word? And there's really there's two things that stand out right here. And, and what I would say to you is this, what is a positive and what is a negative? So, so let me give you the, the positive side of this. And, and one symptom is this. One symptom of unbelief is when we're unwilling to heed the very basics of the Christian life. Look at what he says. Look at what it says in verse number 5 all the way down through verse number 7. Just quickly with me. It says, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her son was, or, I'm sorry, and her name was Elizabeth, and they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. See, not, not everything, listen to this, not everything about Zacharias is negative. This is very good. In fact, be, be in fact, listen to this. He and his wife Elizabeth are really a godly example. Let me say that again. They're really a godly example. And they are why God would choose them to bring forth this Elijah-like man of God called John the Baptist. You understand, John the Baptist is going to fulfill the prophecies of Malachi 3 and 4. In Malachi 3, 1 it says, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way of the Lord. That's John the Baptist. But it also says that there would be an Elijah-like prophet in Malachi 4, 5. Malachi 4, 5, and 6, it says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth. And that's exactly what Gabriel announces in this text. It's exactly what he announces. And so, but here's the thing. But this is also why God would choose this couple Zacharias and Elizabeth. Look, look at this. Look back with me at verse number 5. It says, There was in the days of Herod, king of Judah, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah, and his wife of the daughters of Aaron. Uh, her name was, was Elizabeth. So this introduces us to the time frame, but also the parents here. Herod the Great was the Roman-appointed king of Judea. He, he is presumed to have died around 4 B.C. So we have somewhat of an approximate time as to when this is all taking place. But then we're introduced to the Levitical priest named Zacharias and his wife Elizabeth, who is also of the lineage of Aaron, the first priest of the Lord. Okay? The brother of Moses, right? So, so Zacharias, it says, he's of the order of the course of Abiah. Abiah is literally Abijah. All right? And you can go back to 1 Chronicles 24, and, it, and you will see where David gives the course or the order of the priests there, meaning how they would carry out their responsibilities in the temple. And in verse number 10 of 1 Chronicles 24, Abijah was the eighth. All right, so when you get to verses 8 and 9 of Luke right here, and it tells us that Zacharias, he's going to go into the temple by his course, and he's going to burn incense. Well, that was his responsibility as a child of Aaron and one of the priests is that twice a year from Sabbath to Sabbath, he would spend a week in the temple serving and burning incense and doing the things that the priests were supposed to do. But in verse number 6, it says this, it says, And they were both righteous before God, 
walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. So here's what we find about Zacharias and Elizabeth. You ready? Catch this. They weren't just doing these things to keep up a spiritual facade. They weren't just going through the motions of, well, you know, i got to go down to the temple a couple of weeks, and then they'd spend their week there and then come back and live like the devil. No, the Bible says this, that they were righteous. That means this, that like Abraham believed God by faith and it was counted unto him for righteousness, guess what? They believed God by faith and it was counted unto them for righteousness. Then it says this, that they were blameless. Blameless doesn't mean they were sinless, but it does mean this, that they had a, God, a godly walk in their personal life so that nobody could look at them and say, oh, there's where you broke one of the commandments of God. Nope, they carried themselves in godliness. In verse number six, or verse number seven, where verse number six tells of their character, verse number seven gives their circumstances and says they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. And so here's the thing they were not able to have children, but they didn't use this, they didn't let this hinder them or excuse them for serving and living for God. Listen to this. I like this. David Sorensen said this about them. He said, this is the kind of people God uses. John G. Butler said this. I like this. He said, Herod may have done well in politics, but he was not impressive to God. The man who was impressive to God was an obscure priest named Zacharias. You know why? Because he walked with God. Because he obeyed God. The point is this. Please listen to this. This is why the angel Gabriel comes to this man in the first place. This is why God is going to use them to bring forth the forerunner of His Son. It's because these people, they were not unwilling to heed the very basics of the things of God in their life. They believed God. And they submitted themselves to His Word. And they were living for Him. Listen to this. They didn't have one foot in the temple and one foot in the world and then sit back and ask God, God, can you give me some kind of sign so that I can just be willing to live for you? Nope. They recognized that when it came to some things, God's already spoke on those things and we're supposed to do those things by faith. The point is this. There's a lot of God's people just like this right here. There's a lot of lost people that are just like this right here. They're wanting Gabriel to show up. They're wanting God to give them some kind of sign for things that are already basic, meaning this. He's already spoken on those things. And while we're sitting back and we're saying the ball's in God's court, God's sitting there going, no, the the ball's really in your court. Do you know this? There are people sitting back going, you know, I'd get saved, but I'm just waiting on a sign. To show that God really exists. Really? Look around you. You got creation giving you a sign? Hello? Come on, you got, you got that innate first truth we talked about in Sunday school. That there is a God. You were born with that. Nobody had to tell you there was a God. You already knew that. What they did have to tell you is that there is no God and you bought into it. Hello? No, 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 I'm just, no, no, no. See, see, here's, here's what the Pharisees did with Jesus. They said in Matthew 12 and verse 38 and 40, certain scribes of the Pharisees answered saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. But he answered and, and said unto them, an evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. 
And there shall no sign be given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Friend, you want a sign. Listen to me. You want a sign to know that you're a sinner. Hell is real. But Jesus can save you and forgive you of your sin and give you eternal life. Then look no further than the empty tomb. That's the sign. There is a God in heaven. I said there is a God in heaven. And He sent His Son. The Son of Man came and He's come to seek and to save that which is all. And He's still saving people today. But I'm just telling you, God's already given you those signs. God's already spoken to those things. Don't be sitting around going, well, you know, I'd just believe in God and get right with God. If God would show me a sign, ah, He's already given you one. He's waiting on you to go, oh, sorry about that. I am wicked. I am a sinner. And I need you to save me. And God will save you right where you're at. But listen, it does, listen that, that's, there's, there's other things too. There's, there's people that are saved. And they're sitting back and they're sitting on their hands just going, well, you know, I just, I know I need to join the church and I know I need to get baptized and I know I need to live right. But I'm just waiting on God. God's waiting on you. He's already given it in His Word. What do you mean you need a sign from God to follow Him in baptism? Christ did it. He's the example. And He's already commanded that you do it. What more do you need? He's already given us His churches. Come on, friend. He's waiting on you to submit yourself and to get in and get involved and serve Him and tithe and be faithful and and join and, and be a part. Come on, son, I'm telling you, this is right where a lot of us are at. That we're sitting on our hands and we're just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. Why? Well, you know, I just, I don't know about this whole living holy thing and getting away from all my wicked friends and stop living wickedly. And I'm just waiting on a sign from God. Listen to me. God's already spoken to those things. Here, 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 here. You want a sign? Here's your sign. Seemed like somebody said that one time before, wasn't it? Here's your sign. Amen. It's not the same kind. This is a better one. Though there is a need for some of those signs, right? It's crazy. The point is this. These are the basics. These, listen to me. These are the fundamentals. These are the simple. This is kindergarten stuff. This is kindergarten stuff. And we're just, well, I'm just waiting on God to give me a sign. And then I'll take that next step. God's saying, why don't you just obey me by faith? I've already spoken to those things. Zacharias and Elizabeth, these were things they were already doing. And we can't be unwilling. Listen, we can't be unwilling to do these things, but then turn around and shift the blame to God because, well, He's just not giving us a sign to confirm He wants me to do that. Yes, He has. He has preserved His Word so that you can take an authorized King James Version of the Bible and open it up. Well, I just can't understand it with all that these and thous. Really? It was written on a sixth grade education. Stop making excuses. Stop it. He's given us His Word. He's preserved it. And all we got to do is open it up and go, Oh, there are some things He's already spoken to and expects me to respond by faith and do what He says to do. Zacharias and Elizabeth, 
They were already doing those things. You want God to show up in your life? You want God to give you some confirmation on some other things? Then here's the thing. Start doing that right there. Start doing the very basics. But, but here, listen, but here's the thing. Once you do start doing the basics, and then you begin to seek God's will in other areas of your life, and He does give you confirmation, please listen to this, unbelief continues to make excuses instead of a decision to trust Him. Unbelief continues to make excuses instead of a decision to trust Him. That's what I did when, when God was dealing with me about Olathe. God, I need more confirmation. God's going, no, you need to make a decision. And guess what? That's exactly what Zacharias does in this scene. Look at verse, look, look, I'm just saying, look at verse number 10. <laughs> and when the whole multitude of the people were praying without uh, at the time of incense, and there, uh, there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. And the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth, and he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He shall, neither, he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. He shall go before Him in the spirit and power of Elias, Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and to make ready a people and, uh, prepared for the Lord. Now listen, he should have said, right there, he should have said, this is awesome. Wait till Elizabeth hears about that. But that's not what happens in verse 18. It says, And Zacharias said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I'm an old man. Well, my wife, she's not old. She's just well stricken in years. Zacharias, listen, listen. He's faithfully carrying out his priestly duty. Gabriel shows up with this announcement that their prayer has been heard and now answered. And despite their old age, Elizabeth is going to conceive and bear a son. He will be the Elijah-like prophet to fulfill the prophecies of Malachi and prepare the way of the Lord Jesus to come on the scene. But in verse number 18, Zacharias asked for more confirmation to be sure these things are true. Please listen to this. I have failed to mention thus far purposefully because I want to mention it right here. Just how significant this scene truly is. Do you realize that not only is it the announcement of John the Baptist, but this is the first time in 400 years that God has spoken directly to man like this. Did you know that between, between the Old Testament and the New Testament are what's called the 400 silent years? And, 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 and listen, because, because, and here's the thing. Now, we do know this, that, though, that, that God wasn't, wasn't silent in speaking to what would happen during, those, during that time frame, but He wasn't speaking to man through that time frame. We, we know this. He speaks to Daniel regarding what would happen through that time frame. For instance, this. There would be an empire that would come on the scene ruled by Alexander the Great, the Grecian Empire. 
And they would, listen, they would leave mankind a worldwide language that God would use to pin down the New Testament Scriptures. He would also speak of the Roman Empire in the book of Daniel coming on the scene. But now, watch this, after 400 years, an angel of God is standing on the right side of the altar of incense. He announces to Zechariah that the, listen, the intimate prayers of him and his wife have been heard. You understand? They're not going around asking everybody else. They're not meeting on Wednesday night going, hey, could y'all pray about this? This was between him and her. And they're the ones praying about it. And, and now you got, and I don't, I don't know what he looked like. It doesn't say what he looked like, probably because we'd worship angels if we knew. Because we worship all, we make an idol out of everything else crucifixes and rosary beads and all the other nonsense. And you understand, this, this, he does, he does, all we know is this, is that his countenance and his appearance was frightening. So it wasn't like a normal man going, hey bud, how's it going? No, when he saw him, he went, oh. I'm scared to death. I'm going to die right here. And you understand, so it's his appearance and everything that he is. And then what he says to, 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 to Isaac, or, or I'm sorry, to Zacharias. Yet Zacharias, listen to me, yet Zacharias asked for more confirmation. What, what do you mean more confirmation? Is, is, isn't the angel in this announcement enough? But, but you understand, it is. And that's why he says what he says to Zacharias. In verse number 19, it says, And the angel answering said unto him, Listen, here's what he says, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God, and am sent to speak unto thee, and to show thee glad tidings. And here's what he's saying. Zacharias, I was the sign. I was the confirmation. And the news was good until now. Because you, you, you understand what's going to happen in, in verse number 20. Listen, listen, please listen to this. What should, what, should have been, what should have been a decision to take God at His word becomes brushed aside with an excuse to see more signs. Did you catch that? Let me say that again. What should have been a decision to take God at His word become, becomes brushed aside with an excuse, I need to see more signs. And what I'm afraid is that, listen, we do the very same things. And please, please don't misunderstand this. Come on, stay, stay with me. The, the, uh, please don't misunderstand. Because I, 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 I don't think there's anything wrong with putting the fleece out like Gideon. I don't think there's anything wrong. Or asking God to confirm some things when it comes to seeking His will for our lives and the decisions that we need to make. I think we should be doing that. Come on, listen, whether it's God's calling on our lives or, or something like buying a house or, or a new car or accepting a job offer or, or, praying about, or, or, or praying about direction when facing a health issue. I know this, I'm praying about every one of those things and more. You know why? You know why? Because I've experienced the difficulty of making those decisions without God. Or making them against God. And so what I'm saying to you is this. 
is that, yeah, you better believe I'm praying about it. And you better believe I'm asking for confirmation. I'm asking for God to give peace. I'm asking God for, to speak. I'm asking God to, to have the circumstances line up and confirm some things. I'm asking God to show me through His Spirit and through His Word. And when He does, please listen to this, and when He does, I have the responsibility to follow Him by faith. Well, preacher, you don't understand my circumstances. Well, you better be careful here. You better be careful about using your own circumstances to justify needing more confirmation. Because this is what, when you start contrasting between Zacharias and Mary, Zacharias and Elizabeth were of old age. Obviously, that means this. They were beyond the age of conceiving children. Is everybody catching this? But when you contrast that with Mary's circumstance of bearing a child in virginity... That's a little bit different circumstance. That's a little bit more difficult. But yet she goes, okay. Be it so unto the old Lord. And Zachariah's going, well, you know, I need a little more confirmation this is going to be true. Hello? I, I'm just... <laughs> when, I was, uh, when I was pastoring in Cassville... One of the young ladies in the church, a college age lady, she calls me up one day. And she goes, hey preacher, can I talk with you? And I said, sure. She goes, I got this, I got this job offer. And, and uh, you, you know, they're going to they're, they're gonna pay me a good, decent amount of money and I'm excited about it. But, but the negative is, is it's going to require me to work on Wednesday nights. And, and so, you, you know, it's, it's more money than, than what I'm currently making. And, and, then, and then here's the thing. And she knew that missing church wasn't right, but she's calling the pastor to get permission to disobey God. I'm sure we would never do that. But now, but now here, listen, so, so I told her, I, I said, well, well, let me help you with it. Here's what the Bible says. Okay? And then, I, and then I asked this. Then I asked her this, and I said this. I said, honey, don't you think, listen, don't you think that God can give you a job that will pay you what you need, but also allow you to obey His Word and be in the house of God when, he's supposed, when you're supposed to. And, and here's what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful that she responded in agreement. And so she left. She, she, said, she said, yeah, she said, my mom told me the same thing. And I'm like, well, then why are you calling me? <laughs> and then she hangs up the phone. And this, this, she agrees with me. She hangs up the phone. She turns down the job offer. And the next day, another place calls and offers her a job making more money and she can be in the house of God. I said, how about that? God is good. He's faithful. Now here's what I know. That's pretty rare for people to respond like that anymore. You know what? You're right, preacher. God's already spoken on these things, and I just need to trust God and wait on Him. Now usually what happens is this is that we brush off making a decision because really we want to do what we want to do. That's right. And so we're looking for some sign or something. Well, I, I won't do that, but, but God, you've got to give me some, some kind of sign here. And, and then we end up doing whatever we want to do. 
And I'm, I'm telling you this morning, listen, listen to me. God's already given us the basics. It's right there. You sitting around waiting on God to, to, to show you something so that you'll get right with God, you better stop. You're playing with fire. You, you need to be saved. You need to get right with God. But you, listen, you, you're sitting around, you're, you're seeking God's will for your life, and, and you understand, he, He's already given some confirmation. He's already speaking on some things. Why are you waiting? Stop. Make a decision. Stop passing the buck back to God. God's already put it in your court. You need to pull the trigger and move forward. And just obey God. Now let me say, listen, now let me give you the second thing, and I'm through this morning. Please listen to this. Because not only do you see, not only do you see the symptoms of unbelief, but here's the thing. You, you see the sum of all of it. In other words, in other words, this, what, what, what we see what unbelief looks like, but where does it take us if we continue in it? And, and again, Zechariah's testimony shows us these things. Look at verse number 20. Come on, look at verse number 20. It says, And behold, thou shalt be dumb, and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words which shall be fulfilled in their season. You know what happens? When we continue to pass the buck, to God and back to God and back to God and back to God and waiting on God to give confirmation when He's already given us those things and we're using our unbelief as an excuse. What happens is this, is that it brings about the judgment and chastisement of God on our lives. You're lost this morning. And there's never been a time and place where you humbled yourself and came to Jesus Christ in faith and repentance towards Him. I'm telling you, you can sit back all the, the whole, your whole life going, well, I'm just waiting on God to give me a sign. And you're going to breathe your last breath and wake up in the reality of hell. Well, you know, preacher, hell, was that, that's what religion came up with to scare us. No, that's what the Bible came up with. That's what Jesus preached on. That's what David testified of. And Moses and all the prophets. Everybody getting this? It's a biblical doctrine and a biblical truth. It's where man is going to spend eternity if he rejects God. And once you get there, listen, once you get there, you will believe the reality of God. But there's no second chance there. It's over. And your soul's lost forever. And the Bible says this in Revelation, you'll suffer the second death in the lake of fire and the great white throne judgment of God. And, and you're going to go, well, God, you didn't give me a sign. And God's going to go, yeah, I did. I sent my son to die for you. The tomb is empty. You should have believed. Isn't that what the rich man told Abraham? Though someone raised him from the dead, someone raised from the dead, and someone did. Huh. But it, listen, it's, but, but for us who are saved, Zechariah shows us that if we continually make the excuse of needing more confirmation rather than trusting God for what, with what He's already given us, listen to this, we may get a sign we don't like. I remember, I remember Pastor Abel's telling his testimony one time of when God was calling him to preach. And he said this, he said, he said when God started dealing with me about preaching, he said, I, I ran from it. I, I didn't want to surrender to it. He said, I remember running from it and running from it and running from it. And one time I got, I sat, I got in my car and I turned the radio on and the preacher came on the radio and said, Woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. And he turned it off and said, I'm just... And he said, 
He said, but what, what was the straw that broke the camel's back was when his son got mysteriously sick. And he started running a fever and getting dehydrated and all these things. And he got so bad, they had to take him to the ER. And they put him in the hospital and the doctors were just totally baffled. They couldn't figure out what was going on with him. But Pastor Evels goes, but I knew what was going on. And he goes, I went home that night and I got on my face before God in my bedroom and I got... And I started praying, and I said, God, if you want me to preach, I'll preach. I'm, I'm surrendering, but please let my boy live. And he said, I got up the next day and went into the hospital that morning, and I walked in, and there was B.J. Bryan sitting up in the hospital bed eating ice cream and stuff, and his fever had broke and all this. And the doctors come in and just kept going, yeah, we don't know what happened. He goes, yeah, I know what happened. You know, God has a way of getting your spiritual attention and mine. And if you're not willing to listen, you may not like what he does to get it. But here's the second thing. Listen to this, and I'm through, and this is big. Do you know this? His unbelief, you know what the result of it was? It was a missed opportunity. It's a missed opportunity. He can't say anything. He can't even complain about all the crazy things Elizabeth's going to eat for the next nine months when she's pregnant. <laughs> chocolate covered dill pickles just weird stuff my wife man when, I, when my wife was pregnant with Madison she made a whole pan a whole pan of chocolate cake and that night I sat down at the table and I had a piece for supper and then she put a piece in my lunch box the next day for my lunch and I went to work and then when I came home from work the pan was in the sink she had ate the whole thing if, if Zacharias, could, he couldn't even tell if Elizabeth done that. He couldn't go, boys, you ain't going to believe it. My wife ain't today. He couldn't tell anybody. I mean, I'm old, but she's well stricken in years, but that woman can eat a whole chocolate cake, man. I, he couldn't say nothing. Listen, look at this, look at this, look at this. <laughs> this is great. See, we don't think about stuff like this, but they did. Look at verse, look at verse 24. So, so no, no, look at verse number 24. After those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months, saying, Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me to take away my reproach among men. You know, people read that and, and totally misinterpret what, what that is. Do you, do you know that, that, that Elizabeth hid her, it says Elizabeth hid herself five months. It's not because she was ashamed of being pregnant in her age, it's actually because she was godly and being modest. And, and be a fact, and what she was really doing is in verse 25, is that she was really taking that time, listen to this, she was taking that time to praise the Lord for answering their prayer and doing this miracle in their lives. Five months praising God. We don't even take two minutes to praise God. It's no wonder we got the attitudes we got. It's got to be a holiday like Thanksgiving before we're finally thankful. She took five months. Said, God, I want to praise you. I just want to thank you. I just want to give you the glory. Listen, listen to me. Zachariah couldn't do none of that. When he comes out of the temple, he can't tell anybody about the angel. 400 years of silence and he can't tell anybody that it's broke. God finally spoke. He can't say any of that. He can't tell about, he can't tell what, 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 what listen, listen, later on, 
He will be allowed to speak when He names His son John, just like the angel said right here. He will then proclaim and prophesy the purpose of His Son, John the Baptist. He will praise the Lord. He will tell everyone what happened. But He couldn't do any of those things right now because of His unbelief. Please listen to this. If you don't get anything else this morning, please listen to this. I underline this in my notes and I want to read this to you and I want you to listen to this. Unbelief feeds your flesh. Listen to this. It gives us the excuses that we need to remain in our comfort zones. It gives us the excuses that we need to remain in our comfort zones. But as a result, it's a missed opportunity. Because as a result, it's a missed opportunity to watch as God rewards our faith in Him. Faith is what pleases God. And He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. But unbelief is a missed opportunity to thank Him and praise Him for what He's done. And it's a missed opportunity to tell others what He can do for them because we saw Him do it for us. Gee, listen, listen I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I want you to listen to this. Looking back, Looking back, I'm very thankful that God confirmed some things in my life. And I'm very thankful that He was patient with me and told me that I had the confirmation that I needed to move to Faith Baptist Church in Olathe, Kansas. And now you're stuck with me. Whether you like it or not. If you don't like it, you might as well start because I'm here. But I know this. I sure spend a lot of time thanking Him and praising Him that He called me to Faith Baptist Church. I spend a lot of time praising Him and thanking Him for the people that I've seen get saved. For the people that I've seen get off their hands and make a decision for God and follow Him. For the young men that have surrendered to preach and the young ladies that have said, oh, we want to serve the Lord. For the people that have said, we want to join in and follow and we want to be part of faith. I've, listen, in the things that we've witnessed over the last five and a half or so years, I rejoice in that and I praise God in that. And, and listen, and I'm always thankful that I get to talk to other people and go, hey, let me tell you what God did in my life and I followed Him and this is what happened. You need to follow Him too. Amen. And none of that would have happened had I sat back and kept making excuse after excuse after excuse. Preacher, wasn't there all these unknowns? Yeah. Where are you going to live? Natalie had to find work. How's the kids going to like school? I mean, it's not that we weren't in school. We, we homeschooled. Now they're going to have to go with other kids. How are they going to like that? How are we going to like living in the city? We were out in the country in the farm field. We love it. Sure, a whole bunch of unknowns. But we do this. If God was in it, He'll take care of all that stuff. We just need to follow Him. You sitting back this morning going, man, there's preacher, I mean, God's dealing with me about this and God's working in my life about this, but I just don't know and I just don't, yeah, it's all right. God will take care of it. You just need to get off your hands and stop making excuses of unbelief and follow and do what God says. You need to be saved, you need to be saved. 
You need to start with the basics? You need to start with the basics then. You're seeking God's will in some things in your life? And He's confirmed it? Stop putting it off and pull the trigger today. Make the decision and follow Him. Let's all stand.